Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Ms. Genesis Amaris Kemp, and my special guest with me today is Liz Wilcox. Here's a bit about Liz. She is the fresh princess of email marketing. Liz is an email strategist and keynote speaker showing small businesses how to build online relationships, package up their magic, and turn it into emails that people want to read and most importantly, purchase from. So without further ado, please welcome the email marketing queen or fresh princess, Liz Wilcox to GEMS Podcast. Hey, hey, I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait to dig into email for people today. Thank you so much, Liz. But before we dive into email marketing and your subject matter expertise, we definitely are going to get to know you a little bit better so the audience and myself could connect further. So I'm going to give you two options. We could play a rapid fire game or we could break the ice. Which would you like? Oh my gosh, this is so fun. Let's do rapid fire. This is a challenge because I'm a, I'm a wordy lady, but I'm ready. I'm ready. It's early in the morning at the time of this recording. Let's go. I got my water. Let's go. <laughs> Amazing. So question one, if you could have a lunch or dinner with any person living or dead, who would it be? I would have a uh, probably a dinner date with Marshall Mathers, AKA Eminem, um, because I just want to know how he has been able to not only sustain his brand, but build it over the last 35 years uh, while just staying so very much the same, but somehow still relevant, you know, over the course of, you know, almost four decades. It's, incredible to me. Also, I'd like to pitch him to work with him on his email because his email sucks. Uh, so that that's my answer on that one. Amazing. And I had no idea what his real name was. So I learned something new. So oh. Marshall Math- Mathers. Marshall Mathers is his real name. And that's why he's called Eminem, like M and M. Marshall <laughs> Mathers, Slim Shady, you know, that white rapper yes. guy that just won't go away. <laughs> he was just on the Super Bowl um, halftime show. <laughs> yes. This is supposed to be rapid fire. So okay. I won't go into that. But yes. <laughs> Number two. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Uh, It would be the power to heal. Mm, Okay. Number three, dream car. I have my dream car. I just bought it uh, about a month ago from this recording. It is a 1989 Ford Bronco Eddie Bauer edition, four on the floor. That means four wheel drive with a complete tow package. It, I don't know why it's my dream car, but it just, uh, you know, there's just something about it that I thought, wow, that would be just so fun to drive. And I saw it on the side of the road um, about six weeks ago. And after a few weeks of it just sitting there, mint condition, I said, you know what, I'm going to call 
and I bought it and it's just a testament to, it's like, I literally say like, this is the car that email built. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so like, I love email so much and it really helped me get my dream car. So great question. Amazing. <laughs> so four, if you could go back into time and give yourself a piece of advice, what would it be? Start earlier, start this online thing earlier. I went and I got my, I have a master's degree in leadership, which is great. And I definitely use it today. But I remember in my master's degree, uh, in my, like in the interim between my bachelor's and my master's, I was just sitting around, like literally watching MTV. What was I doing? I should have been starting a blog. Um, I wish that would be the advice, I, you know, to start an online business sooner to start building a following five are you a coffee or tea drinker or neither uh neither I drink Mountain Dew <laughs> I'm like a 12 year old motocross superstar I love I don't know what it is about that green nectar from the gods but um I wish I drank coffee or tea like a regular adult but I'm still on that Mountain Dew thing <laughs> six if you could go anywhere in the world Money was no option, but here's the kicker. You may not be able to fly back home because they're no longer taking flights back to your original destination. Oh, snap. This is a really good one. Um, I, like, okay, so I'm actually, I live in my dream town and I actually, I have to move in three, three days from the time of this recording. So maybe I would move... I would fly back here, but then I think I would probably, this is so silly, but I would probably fly to Detroit, Michigan. That's where I was born and where uh, like my lineage is from. And I just feel like there's a real market there. So if I was stuck there, I would have to buy real estate. And then I would imagine, you know, in the next 50 years, I probably make a lot of money from that. <laughs> They're rebuilding Detroit. I know Detroit gets a really bad rap, but they're rebuilding it. Dang it. Seven. Favorite color. My favorite color is purple. Okay. Eight. Favorite food. My favorite food is tomatoes. And I'm, I have become in the last two years, highly allergic to them and I can no longer eat them. Oh, so sad. Uh, next question, please. <laughs> Nine, if you were a fly on the wall and you could eavesdrop on any conversation, which conversation would you be eavesdropping on? Okay, so this is really relevant right now. So Genesis and I are recording this at like the day after Elon Musk bought Twitter. And so I would just like to be a fly on the wall, be, like in that meeting. First of all, like what, how Elon Musk pitched it what that business was like, yeah, okay, we'll sell this. And, you know, not only to learn the business strategies behind, you know, giant deals like that, but also just curiosity, like what the heck is going on in either party's head, right? <laughs> That'd be really fun. Amazing. And he bought it for a whopping 44 mil. <laughs> billion. Wait, billion. was it billion? I thought it was yes. million billion dollars oh in it. 44 billion dollars I think he offered 50 or something oh, okay 
or it's, I don't know. Yeah, 44. I literally just typed in the word 44 billion and it's Elon Musk is everywhere. So yeah, billion dollars. Bill- oh, okay. I thought it was million because I was like, wow. No. Okay. Yeah, now you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy, 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 crazy. Absolutely. I would love to hear that conversation. So question numero diez, 10. So this is the pass or play question. If okay. you play... I asked you one last question. If you pass, you can ask me one question. Okay, this is so fun. What are you doing? Are you passing or playing? Uh, I'm going to play. I'm going to play. Okay. If, hmm, no, I got to give you a hard one. Okay, here's the scenario. Okay. You are on a remote island. There is a shop there, but your funds are limited and you only have three options of things you could buy. You could buy a CD, you could buy a book, or you could buy five pieces of fruit. What are you buying? So a CD, a book, or five pieces of fruit. Well, dang, that's hard. I want my first instinct is the CD because I like music. If you can't see me right now, like I've got in sync posters in the background, like Genesis said, call myself the fresh princess. Like I clearly have a lot of like musical influence. In my, I mean, I want to meet Eminem, you know, have a lot of musical uh, background, but I feel like I need to buy the fruit because the fruit has seeds and I can uh, you know, I can plant the seeds and grow because I don't know, maybe it's back to that question about there's no returning flights. Maybe I'm on this island for a while, so I need to eat. <laughs> okay, good answer. She's picking nutrition and substance, y'all. So thank you, Liz, for playing Rapid Fire with Genesis. Now we are segueing in to email marketing and what makes this your jam and your subject matter expertise. So let's um, lay the foundation. Let's start to debunk some of the myths around email marketing. What are some of the crappy emails that you have gotten that you're like, uh, delete? Okay. I love that. I love the way you frame this question. Yeah. So a lot of email marketers will tell you, you know, get on a podcast like this and talk about telling stories and you know what stories they're right. They do connect. We, you know, I'm sure I'll tell a story in here. You know, the way that Genesis and I played that rapid fire, I told little micro stories there. And so, yeah, stories connect, but at the end of the day, when you're writing an email, you need to be thinking about uh, about it as a newsletter, not a novel. And if you don't have time to be writing these stories every single week, chances are your audience does not have time to read them every single week, right? And so the ones that I see that it's like a uh, delete is when the person when the person just tells story after story after story. There's no variation. I always say in email marketing and any type of branding, you want to be really familiar. Like people want, oh, I know Liz, she's the fresh princess. She's, you know, always spouting off about something Eminem is doing or whatever, right? Um, But I don't want to be predictable, right? I'm familiar, but not predictable, right? Uh, Not that I'm flying off the rails talking about this or that, but when you open my emails, like, you know, Liz Wilcox, you know what you're going to get, but you don't really know what you're going to get, right? Oh, I wonder what she has to say. 
So with email, if you're just telling story after story or the same thing over and over and over again, the same type of format in your emails, you're going to become like, oh, I know Genesis. I don't want to open that because I know she's going to, it's going to be the same old thing, right? It's like if you got a package in the mail every single week with the same thing, you know, at first it would be exciting. Oh, I wonder what's in that. By the third time, oh, I know what's in that. It's going to stay in the corner. Suddenly it's collected dust. You're never going to open it, right? It's the same with that. So that's the biggest mistake I see is just telling too many stories or, you know, doing, having the same type of formatting every single week. Absolutely. Because then it becomes like redundant and that predictability is there. You're like, oh, I kind of already know she's going to pitch me about this, or he's going to send me this information, or it's going to be that, you know, annoying crypto sale or NFT, or, you know, just that stock, the stocking thing where they're like constantly spamming you but they're not connecting. So like one of the things that I like to see is like, I like to have a story up front where um, it resonates with me in some type of way. I like to have a question where they could respond back or answer that question and then a closer with the action item. I'm definitely not an email marketing person. So it's definitely a lot of trial by error, but that was one of the things that I did when I was working in corporate America for 15 years and my background's oil and gas and energy. So there's always something there. You need to get to it. And you don't want like whenever someone um, gets your email, everything to be wordy. You want to have enough space in between the lines so it's easy to read and digest. So that's um, one myth that will make people hit that delete button. Okay, what's another myth, Liz, that you've seen that just kind of irks your nerves? And whenever I say irks, it's like someone is taking their fingers and like clawing on a chalkboard. You know, those old school black chalkboards for those of y'all who aren't yes, familiar. My, <laughs> my teeth are starting to hurt when you just talked about it. You know, that sound. Yeah, so something else um, that I see in... The market is just thinking that you, you know, you shouldn't do email or, you know, putting it off because you don't have a quote unquote funnel yet. You don't have this product. You, you think it's going to take you, you know, months to come up with it, months to come up with the emails, this perfect little segue from your freebie into your offer. And I say like, no, that's really complicated. That is a very advanced strategy. So if you're sitting around just, you know, waiting for inspiration to strike you so that you can actually email your people um, or, you know, set up that funnel, I say, like, let's get started right now. All you really need instead of some kind of sales funnel, right, where oh, get my freebie. And now I've got this 10 email sequence where, you know, with expiring bonuses and deadline funnel and all this other stuff that takes you forever to set up. Like, let's remove the steps. Let's get them on our email list with some sort of freebie or whatever incentive, however people are getting on your list. And instead of this long sales funnel that you know dang well, you're not going to write because you ain't written it yet. Just set expectations. Just have an email, one email in the welcome sequence that says, hey, this is what I'm about. This is what it means to be on my email list. And within that one email, and I'll, I'll give you an example of this at the end. It's in my freebie personally. 
Just say, I'm going to offer you free and paid products, free and paid services, free and paid resources. This is the ding, ding, ding moment. If you're washing dishes right now, uh, if, you're, if you're driving, something like that, like don't forget this one moment. I'm going to offer you free and paid products. And then you can even sub bullet that with if you've got products already, you know, you know, like my tried and true 20 minute newsletters, like my $9 membership, you know, whatever, like my group coaching, da, 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 right? And so just right up front, you're flipping the switch from, hey, I just got this free thing from Genesis, right? To, oh, she's a business. Here's her offerings, right? So the next time you bring it up, it's not as shocking. It's not this big, long sales funnel. I think I have an email. I have a $9 membership and I sell it at the end of my welcome sequence. And I just say, this is the only email you're going to get about it. Aren't you glad I didn't just funnel you into this like two week thing uh, that's trying to get you to buy something with FOMO? People are really burnt out by that. I find, you know, maybe that worked a couple of years ago and maybe it'll work right now if you're really dialed into your customer and your offer. But for the most part, it's not actually necessary. You can just tell them, hey, I got this thing right from the beginning. And then uh, like Genesis said, every single time you send out an email, you know, you get a call to action maybe this week. Oh, don't forget about this. Don't forget about my membership. Don't forget about my group program you know, da, 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 and just continuously putting offers out there um, is a way easier, simpler, and usually more effective way to do things. Absolutely. And I think because whenever you're doing it that way, you're building that no like and trust factor, but then you're also being upfront with them. So they feel like you're being transparent versus being shady in that email email that they're receiving from you. Now, um, so those are two myths. Let's share one more myth and then we're gonna jump into the correct way of setting up your email marketing pipeline. That way you are actually getting your message across. People are reading your message and then they're closing in with you. They're beginning to work with you, whether you're a coach, whether you're a business or whatever the case may be. Sure. So I think one more thing I'd like to share, and you'll have to forgive me. Um, they're doing ma like lawn maintenance, lawn maintenance. So if you hear that, I apologize. But the last myth I want to share with you is when you do write sales emails, I don't want you to think that you have to have this big, long series of emails and you have to make sure, you know, you cover every single objection ever, right? What I want you to do instead is just be very direct with your customers. Say, hey, this is why I created the product. This is who I think is the right person. And not, you know, not saying things like, oh, well, this isn't for you if you're not ready to commit. Like people, we've been in a pandemic for two plus years. Everybody and their mother's been living on the internet for a very long, you know, 700, 800 days counting now. And so, you know, we can kind of see through that BS nowadays. But just being very explicit, very direct about who you really want in your programs, why, you know, why you built something the way that it is, um, and even maybe possibly doing that before you even send the sales emails, doing a pre-launch and spending more time on the pre-launch of, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is how I'm creating it, or this is how I created it 
and why I'm launching it this day. And this is what I hope for people coming into the program and answering those objections before you even open the cart is going to help you out tremendously. I know I did this with my, my first digital course. It was actually something like my 10th digital product, but I finally created the big old course. And I really focused instead of these having these crazy sales emails and this process and you know Facebook ads, I didn't do any of that. I just wrote a very simple sales sequence. But before, I spent a lot of time prepping my audience, telling them what was coming, telling them how I was creating things, asking questions with them like, you know, hey, I've got module X and Y. What do you think is missing? What is Z, right? Hey, I'm thinking of charging this price. How does that feel? Um, you know, and really overcoming all those objections before. I had 141 people on my wait list and I made 141 sales. And it was because I did that pre-launch. And if you don't know, average conversion rates are about one to maybe 5%, maybe 10% if you're doing something like a live event. Uh, mine was 100%. And I don't say that to, you know, like, you know, brush off your shoulder type of way, but just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hashtag Jay-Z. I told you I love music. <laughs> um, I just say that because, you know, I find so many people spend so much time on the sales email and those processes once the cart has opened that you forget about the pre-launch, you forget about prepping your audience. Uh, speaking of Jay-Z, you know, Beyonce did a deal with Adidas, what, I think it was almost two years ago. And before they even sold any, like the second, they did so much prep. They talked about it. They created content around the design. They created content showing off, you know, the, the sweatsuit and the shoes and the hats with other celebrities and all this prep before you could even buy it. And so when you, when they turned the sales cart on, it was sold out within minutes, right? It's all about, um, you know, how do you get your, your person's finger on that mouse to click that buy button, you know, before it's even available. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Because you're like giving them the teaser, like this is what's coming down the pipeline. This is what you have to look for. And if you start to see things over and over, it's kind of like that neuroscience. It's already being programmed in you that you're like, oh, I got to have more. I got to have more. When is it going to drop? When is it going to drop? Kind of like whenever artists like kind of preview their music and their music is getting ready to come out like back in the day when cds were about to drop people would be lining up for cds or those who are gamers like they always advertise when the new uh, playstation is coming out or whatever the case may be and people will line up outside of these stores to get that because they've already been conditioned and it's been ingrained in them that this new great thing is getting ready to come out and they want it. They want to be the first person to get it. So they could talk about it with their friends and all of that. So that's, that's also a good thing that you just mentioned, Liz. Now let's switch into how should somebody write an effective email to just really get their brand out there, um, build that no like and trust factor, but then also at the end of it, get somebody to seal the deal and say, okay, I want to work with you. Sure. So I teach people something called the email staircase. 
first you've got a follower, right? Somebody finds you on social media, uh, you hear them on a podcast, whatever, right? And you get them on your email list and then you can turn them into a friend. And now I'm not talking about, you know, a friend that you share all your dirty laundry with, with, they know all your dirt, you know, your skeletons, but someone that you have a mutual interest with. So, you know, I've talked a lot about pop culture. So maybe it's like, oh yeah, you want to hear the latest gossip? Give me your email. You know, I'll share with you, da, 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 right? That same mutual interest, whatever it is your thing, whether you're, you know, an author, an SEO agency, whatever, right? You want to bring people in that are interested in that as much as you are. And so you bring them into the list, you turn them into a friend, and then because you have a list of friends, you can turn them into customers very quickly. You can basically just say like, hey, I've been talking with you. I know we know each other. Like I created this course just for you. Like, do you want it? Is now the time for you to buy, right? And so in order to be a friend, and I, I promise I'm getting to her question, <laughs> in order to be a friend, you just need three things. You need to show your people three things in your emails and in your marketing. Number one, you have to invest your time. You have to invest in them. It's way simpler when someone already believes you're invested in them for them to invest back into you, right? Email marketing shouldn't be this blast, you know, where you're just like, hey, here's my thing, check it out. It's a, it should be a two-way street where you're talking to them, they're talking to you. And in order to do that, if it's very obvious you invest your time in them, then they will invest back into you via, you know, getting people, getting clicks, getting replies, getting sales. Then number two, you have to share in a relatable way. My very first business was an RV travel site. Uh, the majority of my customers were men in their 60s. Do you think I was making, you know, jokes about Eminem or Justin Timberlake? No, that was that was not relatable to men in their 60s. You know, I was talking more about campfires and my travels. And, you know, if I want to talk about music, maybe, you know, Aerosmith or the Grateful Dead, right? That was relatable. Think about what's relatable for your specific person and then share that. Number three is just stay top of mind. You know, a weekly newsletter, if that seems like, oh my gosh, once a week, I don't have time. Just, you know, Give it the old college try and try two times a month. You've got to stay top of mind to stay relevant, right? We don't want to be lost in the inbox. So try twice a month, build up that muscle until you can get to weekly. So as far as the email content goes, just always be keeping those three things in mind. How can I show that I'm invested in them, right? Maybe it's, you know, I've got this podcast where I'm inter or interviewing people and, oh my gosh, I just learned so much about email. Here's you know, here's what I learned, right? Bringing back what you learned, even just being explicit and saying things like, you know, I care about this email list and I'm committed to it. I think I, I just wrote my email list newsletter right before this episode. And I think the open line was something like, well, it's Tuesday. So I'm sitting here writing to you because that's what I do on Tuesdays. Just even being again, explicit or direct about, you know, the things that you're doing in your business even when you're B2C, I would say, especially when you're B2C, and it's not obvious to these people that you are an actual business, talking about your business shows that you're invested. Um, again, sharing in a relatable way. And I would say, instead of telling stories, like I mentioned at the top of the hour, sharing personal updates instead. And this is just two to three sentences where you 
talk about something that you've done since the last time you emailed. So it's, oh, you know, I did this rapid fire. This lady has some crazy answers. I can't wait for you to check it out. Uh, you know, it was, it was really funny, right? And then just segue into the content. So this is, you know, by segue, I mean, just take your little keyboard, hit that caps lock, type the word anyway, dot, dot, dot. What I really want to talk about is, you know, my new offer or, you know, this new Instagram I saw or, uh, you know, this article I found that I think you'd be interested in, my new podcast, episode, whatever content you want to put out that week, right? Whether it's outbound or you've just got something to say, you know, you've got a new tip or a new, you know, time or money hack, whatever, right? And then you can just get out of there. So again, coming through, you know, in summary, coming through that lens of, I want to show that I'm invested, I can share in a relatable way, I'm going to stay top of mind. And, you know, giving a personal update, segueing into the content, some sort of call to action at the end, if and when it's appropriate, and then just getting out of there is going to make email so much simpler. Um, here's your little sound bite. Uh, if it takes longer than 20 minutes, you're doing it wrong amazing those are some three golden tips Liz so thank you for sharing that and what what do you think about people using videos because sometimes people will send videos within their email marketing of something that they want to tell you versus kind of typing it out like what are the conversion rates there yeah I love video I would say again back to what we were talking about earlier about being familiar but not predictable varying that content so unless you have a very specific software, I've only seen one software uh, where you can actually embed video into email. Usually you have to create some sort of GIF or graphic and you click out to the video. So just to be clear on that, there is one specific software. Um, I don't even know how much it costs because you have to get on the phone with them. Um, and it's usually used by giant companies, uh, you know, like Porsche or Ford or something like that. But anyway... Most of the time, what I do is I create a GIF that says something like click to watch. It's me waving or pointing to the click to watch. And then I, uh, you know, post like a Loom video or maybe I made like a little clip on Zoom. Those work really, really well. But I would say this as far as the video content goes. Some people, depending on your audience, some people might not click on the video. If you are working with people that have jobs and they're probably checking their email when they're supposed to be working, they might not click on that video. So you, what I would do and what I, what I normally do is say, you know, here's a video I made. And then I say something like, if you can't click on that right now, you know, here's the cliff notes. And I'll type out just a few bullet points about what I said in the video. If I really want people to click, I'll also say, you know, I hope you save this for later, you know, at least click on it and have it in your tabs for when you can actually watch it. Uh, you know, I want you to watch it for this reason. Um, but those work really, really well. Again, make sure you're varying, you know, not every single email will have a video in it because then that trains people like, oh, I don't have time for that right now. I'm not going to open it. Um, but when it can be a pleasant surprise, it really is a pleasant surprise. In fact, my, the second email, if you sign up for my email list, the second email you get from me is a subject line. I made you a video and it's a video introducing myself so you can see my face. That's going to build that no like trust factor so much faster. And then I give you, I think, some sort of email tip. 
Um, so I really, really recommend video. I love it so much. And again, I invite you to just be brave and try it out. I love that question. Amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that, Liz. You've dropped some really incredible gems here today. And as we wind down, we're now in, in our call to action segment. So I want you to leave your call to action for our audience. What challenge do you want them to take? Where do you want them to um, follow you at? And then plug your website. Sure. So obviously I'm an email marketer. I want you to get that out there and email. Like I said earlier, if you, that one thing, you know, dry your hands off, write this down. I want you to check out your welcome sequence and make sure that it's obvious that, you know, you're investing your time in them, that you want them to be your friend, that you're kind of sort of training them or conditioning is where Genesis used um, to know that email is a two-way two-way street. It's not just you blasting things out. This is a channel where you really get to know your subscribers, turn them into friends, and then turn them into customers. If you don't know what that actually looks like, of course, I'm the email lady. I've got this already written for you. You can go to lizwilcox.com. In the top right-hand corner, there's a hot pink button. It says free email swipes. There's an entire welcome sequence already written, that email I was telling you about, the newsletter expectations. I've got all those written for you. I've got that one, especially, I want you to look at that one. If you do nothing else, that's the one that you need. That's going to flip the switch for your people from, you know, hey, I got a freebie from this person to this is a business. These are her offerings. This is what I'm interested in, right? So you can get that. You're also going to get three newsletter examples so you can see how you can continue the conversation, how you can write a newsletter in 20 minutes or less. And then because writing from scratch sucks and it's hard to come up with ideas every single week, on top of all that, I'm going to give you 52 subject lines all for free. All that's for free. Genesis just went, whoa. <laughs> and um, all that's for free at LizWilcox.com. You're never going to have to write anything from scratch when you're with me. So just go there, hit that hot pink button. You can't miss it. And I can't wait to see what you do with email marketing. Thank you so much for having me. That is amazing, y'all. Go grab those freebies from Liz. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. And then Liz, where do you primarily hang out on social media? Yeah, so of course I'm the email fresh princess. So I want you to join my email list. You can swipe all that. Any email I send you, please take it. Use it as your own. But on social media, I'm most active um, on Instagram at the Liz Wilcox, T-H-E, Liz Wilcox. Or you can find me in my Facebook group. It is free. It's called the Email Sound Booth. <laughs> uh, owed to all those musical references uh, where we hang out and um, you know just talk shop on email. Woo! And there you have it, listeners and viewers of Gems Podcast. You just heard the fresh princess of email marketing, Liz Wilcox. Once again, all of her contact information will be in the show notes so you can plug in and tap in with her. Uh, make sure you share this segment and subscribe to the podcast. We are on 40 plus platforms. Also, for video content, connect with us over on YouTube which is at GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, the mission here at GEMS Podcast is to educate, inspire, and motivate while we bridge the gap 
for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. We're currently looking for a brand sponsor. Space is limited. So make sure you um, check out genesisamariskemp.net. Hit that podcast tab to find out how you can become a sponsor or brand ambassador. You'll also find out that we are ranked in the top 3% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. So until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Go take those challenges from, from Liz and get your email on point so people can read them and not delete them. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.